Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Philippe Matthews Show at the PMShow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the Philippe Matthews Show. We have an absolutely incredible guest. As you know, I'm known for interviewing the most brilliant minds in the world, and today uh, we have what? <laughs> we we caught our ladies and gentlemen, one of the most brilliant minds in the world. She was hard to get, but we found her. Uh, we tracked her down. Uh, her name is Veronica Conway, and she is the author of The Black Paper, and I can't wait to get in, uh, get into the content of that. Uh, she is a certified professional co-active coach. We're going to talk about that as well. A successful entrepreneur and founder of three coaching companies, a dynamic and provocative uh, keynote speaker. Might, uh, I might have to add, she's easy on the eyes as well. She's a trainer and facilitator uh, and a certified hypnotherapist and a master certified NLP practitioner. Of course, you know that means neuro-linguistic programming. Welcome, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for that illustrious, illustrious introduction. It is well, well worth it and received and necessary. And I could have gone on even further because you have a big life. You've done a lot. I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've done well, a lot of stuff. yes, you have. I've been busy. You've done, yeah, you've been a little busy, and uh, you have had. Uh, well, it started very early uh, with your history, and I want to kind of first set the pace, or set the tone of, uh, of the script uh, for people to have a little bit of background about you before we get into this really, really heavy, uh, necessary content uh, of the black paper. Uh, you, uh, I think it was uh, starting at, uh, well, age three, you really overcame a, a, a tumultuous childhood. You, yes. Could you go into some details for me on that? Yes. Well, I was born a child of a former Black Panther, and um, so my father was the captain of the Richmond chapter of the Black Panther Party. Um, he went to prison when I was seven, uh, where he still resides today, actually. He's been in for 37 years. And um, before the age of seven, I mean, I, you know, witnessed, I lived, I went to school under an alias because, you know, he was on the, my family was on the run living underground, undercover. Um, I witnessed police shootouts. I had death threats against my life when he got arrested. So my early childhood was very um, danger filled because we were, you know, we were like I said, we were on the run from almost everybody, the cops, the mm-hmm. warring factions of the Black Panther Party. Um, and so then when my dad went to prison, <clears throat> had a very high-profile trial um, because of just who he was and the nature of what they were accusing him of. Um, and he was given a life sentence. And um, he may he may actually get out in the next couple of months. They've had a federal judge order him released. Um, it's been a big back and forth battle with uh, with the U.S. Parole Commission and the U.S. government, and the U.S. Attorney mm-hmm. General. There's a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, that's just to say that. Um, so I went through all of that, and and yet there was something that happened to me in that um, I saw my father, even though he was incarcerated, live like a free man. 
Um, and I saw a lot of people in the black community living as though they were incarcerated. And so mm. I, really, I really began to ask the question, well, what's the difference, from a very young age, what's the difference that makes the, the difference? Is freedom a function of your circumstances or is it a function of your choices? Mm. And that's what that question, those questions are really what eventually led me to doing the work that I do um, because I deeply wanted to help us find the answer to ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, something else happened as, as well at, at, at age 18. Yes. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I went, I went into a full-blown identity crisis because my mother and I, my mother that raised me is, um, is white, um, and I was having an argument with her, and I said, you know, I was a little smart mouth kid, uh, you know, you shouldn't, if, you know, you shouldn't have had me, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have, if you don't love me and care about me, then you shouldn't have had me, and she says, well, I didn't, I'm not your biological mother, and so. Damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, and so I went on a quest, and I found my biological mother, who's African-American, who wow. I have since reunited with and I'm in community with today. Um, wow. But it, it sent me on a whole quest for identity. Like, what is what does identity mean? Like, what is mother? And is the mother the person that gave birth to you? Is the mother the person that raised you? Is the, you know, what's free? And, and so, so all of this stuff um, really created this backdrop for this quest for meaning for my own life. So part of my journey was about just healing my own life and getting my own answers to my own deeper questions about identity and sure. race and what what does it mean to be black? I mean, what does it right, mean to be right. mixed race? I mean, so that quest was part of what started me on the journey. But then as one of my coaches said to me once, you know, you're, you're the soul of black coaching. Like you, uh, took your experience and your own healing and you get, and you, and you used it to give birth to a movement. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So that's how I came to all of it. Well, you 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 came to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might have to do a two-parter on this because there's yeah. a lot of content that that I want to uh, talk to you about, and then I, I want to share with with our listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go through the journey of when you decided uh, to become a coach. Uh, and some of the uh, uh, various sciences you chose to study mm -hmm. uh, to become one. That's you know, so kinetic uh, psychology versus you know gestalt or cognitive dissonance, uh, uh, NLP, all of that. What 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 caused you to move in that direction? Well, you know, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, actually. Um, mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the big the big the big tall big tooth guy on TV. I'm really a fan of his because I think he he does some very important work, and so. Um, I, you know, literally, I, I was working in corporate America, um, yeah. wasn't making very much money, mother of two kids, because I had married um, about by then, and um, was really knew I was destined for other stuff and bigger stuff, um, but I couldn't really figure out what it was. Uh, it wasn't it just, I, I had I'd gotten glimpses of it um, in mm -hmm. some of the work that I had done with, you know, on myself, but um, I literally scraped together $50 from everybody in the office and went to Tony Robbins' Unleashed the Power Within event. I literally, mm. I, like, I just, I was like, I'm going. I don't care. I'm going. Wow. And um, I went, and I really had a true revelation. I had a vision uh, that was sort of downloaded into me about this transformation that could occur in the black community. I, I literally saw myself on stage speaking in front of people and having the light bulb go on. Um, and that light bulb went on for me. And one of the things, one of the reasons that I'm so so fascinated with neurolinguistic programming and, you know, the, the way that um, you can basically transform the subconscious mind, which is where all of the action is, like all, mm -hmm. all behavior, all habits, all places around identity are really stored in the subconscious mind. And so NLP allows you to access that in a very powerful way. So when that, when that happened to me, I lit up like a Christmas tree. I could see a vision of, of, you know, tr transforming the black planet. I could just see it. And I, and, and when it's when it's that lit up in one's nervous system, when a vision that you are um, attempting to manifest is that lit up in the nervous system, then it transcends any obstacles, any setbacks, any stuff that comes up. Because you know, on the journey to entrepreneurship, you are going to have setbacks. Um, mm -hmm. But when your vision is really lined up, lit up, and powerful, um, you just can't stop moving towards it. So that's what mm -hmm. happened to me. That's what happened to me. Like I literally 
I knew nothing about creating businesses. I knew nothing about creating a national organization of black coaches. I knew nothing about none of it. <laughs> I just was aligned and clear about the impact that needed to happen. And so then the path, when you make big, powerful decisions like that, then the path and the way how and the mechanisms about how to do it reveal themselves to you. They become a revelation. Absolutely. 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 So cool to say, uh, you know, if, if, if uh, you can uh, uh, create the how, you can manifest almost any why. Yeah, it just has to be anchored. And, and so, so many people, especially I, I think in this day and age, you know, with stuff with the economy, I think people have really lost sight of that, that thing, that vision that just lights them up and wakes them up and, you know, I mean, because... If they ever had it, I mean... If they ever had it, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. If they ever had it. Uh, And it it has to be more compelling than current reality. That thing has to be more compelling than current reality. And when it is, you can do anything. That's right. What wakes you up in the morning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what can you put in front of you that's bigger than whatever the hell you're going through? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit also about you. You, you chose NLP. Obviously, that's uh, uh, I know for a fact is one of the most powerful uh, behavioral sciences known to man. Mm-hmm. Also, comedic psychology. Why? Why comedic psychology versus some of the other uh, uh, genres? Well, I, you know, I didn't. I um, I haven't done a deep dive um, of thematic psychology. I know a bit about it, and I know a bit about you know NLP is very similar to dissonance and, and cognitive therapy and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, I'm always interested in the relationship, you know, mind, body, spirit, and sort of um, sort of the the relationship between those three things. Because while NLP does deal with the mind, I, I am a firm believer in dealing with the spiritual elements of the human being also, mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. The, the, whole, the whole human. Um, so I haven't really done a deep dive study of kinetic psychology, but I know that NLP shares, it has in common with it, sort of a whole approach um, to the human being. Fantastic. So, uh, so, so, so here we are. Uh, we we are now an NLP practitioner. You are not only uh, transforming other people's lives, but every time you do so, you transform your own. Yes. Uh, it becomes a reinforcement. <laughs> and you have uh, a light bulb that goes off, uh, and you decide to launch, uh, uh, your you know, your own coaching uh, movement, the Black Professional mm-hmm. Coaching Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about that and how that came about. Well, I mean, you know, it's really funny. I really do believe, and it's, it sounds so simplistic, but I think you can just talk any, you can speak anything you want into existence. I just kind of believe mm. that. You just mm-hmm. start talking about it. I agree. And even, and you start talking about it before it's even fully formed, or mm-hmm, before, you, before you even have the specificity of it. And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I was in bunch of coaching, you know, I got my employer to pay for, you know, $25,000 worth of coaching training, which was just, I'm like, oh, I know I'm on track because they're, they're writing the check for all of this training. I mean, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, you know, and I, and, and, and in, and I just started, I just started getting, I just started in my mind just answering the call. And so I, um, and and it was a real this was this was ten years ago, so there really was a gap in terms of any any kind of cultural competency or a cultural conversation mm-hmm. around coaching as an industry as a profession so I started the black coaches not only because I wanted to develop and this was way before you know this is like the beginning of coaching kind of and coaches weren't getting together and creating an alliance and going out hitting the street, hitting their target audience. On the ground, you know, eyeball to eyeball. We we were like one of the first ones to do it. So we would mobilize. We would deploy coaches. We'd we partner with with national black professional associations. Mm-hmm. We would take coaches. We you know we taught them how to close. We taught them how to coach. We taught them how to coach black. We got them trained and certified in NLP. A lot of the black coaches, and um, it just kind of emerged. In other words, I just literally spoke it into existence. I just you know what else do we need and what else do we need and who else might be a, a point of leverage and who else mm-hmm. we need to partner with. And, and, you know, how do we get, you know, I brought Joseph McClendon in, who's Tony Robbins, like, second in command. I brought him in to do some training for the coaches. And, um, you know, it just sort of of evolved. Um, I had, you know, again, I had no idea how to form a national organization, a national, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I really didn't. We just, I literally, we just made it up as we went. 
Wow. <laughs> we got a lot of big, important things done, including a body of work that um, takes NLP and hypnosis and uses it um, or to deal with the issues of internalized racism and victim think. Because one well, of the problems, one of the problems, one of the biggest problems that we that we have in our community, and it's it's such a subtle thing. It's such a um, is, is what I call victim think, meaning we've been at the effect of 400 years of conditioning, and most of it's been negative. So our identity, um, our identity, um, we've been trained into sort of a victim state, and so we. I don't feel know if the word. I don't know if the word subtle really applies. It's pretty blatant. Yeah. I just think that we are so. Uh, conditioned to try to uh, get along uh, yeah. and, and to to make our hell as as our internal hell as palatable as possible. That then we create a subtlety uh, as it relates to it. Mm-hmm. We, it's really a denial, a turning away of it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to face it. That's right. I don't want to have to deal with it. That's right. But I think it's blatant as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's amazing. You can hear it. In a lot of even like 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 like, like events like congressional black caucus events, there mm-hmm. is a there is a gnashing of teeth often about the problem, but there's not a lot of focus on the solution, mm-hmm. and and you can hear it. So I so I sort of trained I trained myself to hear sort of victim think and victim speak and victim talk and and, and mm-hmm. where that butt can't and I can't because I'm black and I can't because I'm black and I can't because I'm black. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's been that's it's um, and even though we have been victimized historically and perhaps even suffer from, you know, the issues of racism today, that doesn't mean we have to have a victim identity. And I right. think once we could collectively shift that individually or collectively, you know, in mass, we would you could you could you could change the game overnight. We would well, have, say, we have well, to decide to. Absolutely. You say uh, black America or, you know, the problem is not white people, it's your mind. Yes. So this is not about a uh, you know a, a racist position. It has really nothing to do with that. Correct. It really has to do with your own sense of agency and what you feel your own power is to affect any change that you want to see affected. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so I, so I always, you know, I always say you have results, you have reasons. You either have the result that you want or you have a bunch of reasons, and they can be very deep subconscious reasons for not getting that result. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have to get clear, I think, as a community about what all of our reasons are, what the stories are that actually keep us stopped. we got to do, right. do it. Absolutely. we, we got to well, do it. Well, you're doing it. You're, it's not we've got to do it. You're doing it. Uh, <laughs> you're doing a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's get, let's get a little deeper into, in, into this. Um, this is really uh, cutting edge. I, I have, of course, interviewed everybody from <clears throat> Deepak Chopra to Anthony Robbins to uh, Brian Tracy to some of the best psychologists and psychoanalysts in the world. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating to me is that you have taken all of that uh, and put it into an in- almost instantaneous application. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if, if, if that's making sense, because yeah. you, we're, we're all learning, you know, if we're in the self-help, personal growth and development, right. Right. everybody attends all of the seminars, everybody watches Oprah and I love her, uh, everybody has, you know, DVDs of The Secret, what have you, right. but uh, what, what happens, I have learned, you know, even talking to neurobiologists, neuroscientists, is that it basically just gets stored in the brain in a file cabinet as information, but not mm-hmm. actualization or mm-hmm. activation. Mm-hmm. You, uh, with what you have done, you take all of that knowledge and information that has been amassed over however long that individual has uh, been exposed to this and create an instantaneous uh, key or lock uh, mm-hmm. that unlocks their potential, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 you know, it's palpable. It's like, bam, there it is. 
Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. You're, you're, I've done a lot of research on you, obviously, because of you know what I what I do. So I, I've really done background work on you, and and you know <laughs> you, you're the real deal. So when I say brilliant mind, I'm not blowing smoke up nobody's butt. I really my my goal, I think, or position in life is to uh, bring to light some of the brilliant most, most brilliant minds in the world to people who may never. Mm-hmm. Have access. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm honored because I've seen your lineup. I'm like, yeah, you playing ball out here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not playing with nobody. Okay, I'm taking no prisoners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. So, love so that. talk to me about the black paper, man. When you when I when I credit this thing out, and I'll tell you a funny story, true story. Uh, my printer had broke, <clears throat> so I had put it on a disc, and I went to Kinko's, and I was going to uh, uh, have uh, Kinko's print the, the, the paper out. Mm-hmm. But then as I thought about it, after I read it, I said, I, uh, no, I don't want Kinko's to know about this. Let me go over here, <laughs> Let me go over here to self-help and print it out myself uh, because this information uh, is life changing even to just read it. It mm-hmm. creates an aha moment. I have read and have been exposed to almost everything, mm-hmm. and this kept me up all night. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's rare because uh, in, in a certain sense, I think I know every damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 But I, I read the black paper, and, and you say in, in, in your in your work that you completely avoided publicity until you were fully ready to release this because you knew it was going to have a ripple effect. Yeah, I I really took the time to gather the the, the wisdom and the and the mm. and, and to also prove the technology. In mm-hmm. other words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a big piece of it for me is, you know, can you, d- does your technology work? Is what you're talking about doing, does it work? How fast can you do it? Can you, you know, I, I mean, the way I, the way I think about my work now, I'm, I, 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 you know, I say, you know, I, a single conversation with me can be a game changer because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I go in and I just yank it out, <laughs> whatever the thing is. <laughs> I just, you know, I can't even help it anymore, right? It's just like dismantle, reprogram, whoop. Um, and so, but I really spent the time and, and, and to, you know, to gather the technology, get, get coaches, train them in technology. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, I was really out there in the streets testing it and playing with it and seeing its application all the way up and down, say, the economic food chain because I've worked, I've, you know, I've trained case managers that have worked with, you know, in financial coaching in the lowest income, you know, um, working with low-income folks that were coming out of prison or coming out of welfare, you know, mm-hmm. don't have a key. And mm-hmm. I've trained them as coaches and have them totally radically improve people's lives at the lower mm-hmm. end of the economic spectrum. And I've also worked with, like, the NBA. And, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and so I guess for myself it was really getting clear that the technology worked by just being, by applying it everywhere, every which way I could think of. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the beauty of that and, the, and, the, and what's – you know, Iamla um, Van Zant is actually a friend of mine. She's actually um, on the uh, she's on the Black Mastery Success Program, um, and she says to me, "You know, you channel technologies, Veronica. Like you are mm-hmm. a conduit of technology." Mm-hmm. So, so I could literally. So I got to the place where I'd be like, "No, I really want to. I want to have this experience, and I want my clients to have this thing." And then, literally two days later, there'd be something in my inbox that was that was that. It was some empowering tool or, tech, or technology. Mm-hmm. So. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm always so looking for paper, the game changer. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so you created uh, the black paper as, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's more than a wake up call. It's more than a slap upside the head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just taking a brick and throwing at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a concussion, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, this is something. When you read this, you 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 are not going. Don't be driving or just you know answering the phone. Move the kids, put them in the room, lock them up somewhere. I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to have to stop and and really mm-hmm. absorb this information. Uh, and what stood out to me was 
what what you termed as internalized oppression. Mm -hmm. Explain the difference between internalized versus externalized, and then let's get deeper into in, into you know all the all the uh, characteristics of it. Sure. Well, internal external oppression. I mean, you know, external oppression is the oppression of a dominant culture or group um, over another group. So, mm -hmm. um, so you know, you could say that the racism of the Jim Crow South was external oppression, meaning it was very mm -hmm. overt, it was very mm -hmm. out loud, um, it was sanctioned, it was legal, um, and so that is externalized uh, oppression where people are, you know, people with power are exerting pressure on you and. And oppressing you and, and you know being racist or you know and it, it has sort of a physical manifestation. What happens mm -hmm. is that over time, people um, a, a, a group that's been oppressed will internalize that and they become mm -hmm. to identify with their oppression um, at the identity level. So for and so and so that gets so it's like I've, I always used to say to people, well, tell me what tell me what the first time when you found out what it meant to be black. What happened? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. so often the way African Americans have constructed their identity is out of a negative conditioning. It's out of a mm -hmm. it's out of a race wound. Mm -hmm. And so once you have this wound, then your identity grows up around it. But there's always this wounding that's sort of at the core of it. So I'll give you an sure. example. So you know, I coached a man who, um, for example, was having difficulty competing in his career. Really mm -hmm. having you know, like he would just would get to a certain place where he would kind of fizzle out or he'd, you know, play small or hold back. And mm -hmm. I took him back into a an incident that he experienced in the Jim Crow South where some folks said, you know, you compete with us, boy, and we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. So that was a traumatic event, right? Mm -hmm. That he mm -hmm. that he that that he uh, had a lot of emotion around that got installed in his his sense of identity mm -hmm. at the subconscious level. And he grew up and whenever he got to a certain level of competition, what was actually getting triggered is that is that is the thought that he might get killed. Mm. And this is all operating at the subconscious level. Sure. He, he's he, not even thinking he, about he, it. He'd forgotten about it. Yeah. But it, right. it was but it was the belief. It was the thing that once we got that, once we went in, did the magic, um, and broke him free, then he was free to compete. You know, it's also uh, would you would you agree that it it, it can happen just from uh, uh, observing uh, your parents, your mother, your father, something happening to them, something that they might be saying, a conversation that they might be having, absolutely that that, that triggers in you. Oh, this is what it means to to be black, or this is you know at that, at that point that learned helplessness is locked in. Absolutely, absolutely, and you and you can get it all around you. I mean, between the ages of zero and seven, we're just we're just big receptors. We're just we're taking sure. in everything. In fact, some of the most powerful hypnosis and regression that I've done has actually been um, where people and these are you know these are like CEO of people that you wouldn't think would believe in all the stuff, but we but but they found traumatic events that happened when they were in the womb, mm -hmm. where there was mm -hmm. you know because the baby is just sitting there in utero and you know absorbing all the frequencies of the mother and the atmosphere and if there's if there's fear around money or time or all all that stuff actually gets transmitted to the baby subconsciously. So you'd be amazed at how often um, behavior patterns that don't that are not working today for people can be traced back to these early memories. So usually between the ages of zero and seven is when we when we form all of our beliefs and we form our identity, um, and that's when we um, make those decisions, right, that tell us about who we are. And so, and then we tend to, after age seven, then we tend to, we tend to integrate those and socialize those, but between ages of zero and seven, it's very, very formative. So it can be something that's happening to someone else, something that's happening to you, all kinds of things make up the soup. The problem is, is that we don't often take the time to go back and actually uncover and discover what it is, what we believe. So we're just kind of mm -hmm. making a bunch of decisions <laughs> based on some random <laughs> set of experiences yeah, that we haven't yeah. fully processed or, inter or, you know, gotten clarity about in terms of how it impacts today's current behavior. I, I use the analogy of, uh, of uh, a hard drive, of, like a two-gig hard drive, and then here you go out and you try to buy all of this happiness uh, software that's you know, three and four gigs and better relationship software that's six gigs. Uh, and, you know, uh, Oprah's favorite thing is eight gigs. And then you try to take all of these books and CDs and DVDs and seminars and you try to put it onto this two-gig hard drive Absolutely. of mindset 
And guess what? It gets completely convoluted and corrupted and nothing happens. Right. Absolutely right. So you have to go back and clear the operating system. You've got to go back. Yeah. You've got to go back and do that. And then, and when you do, the amazing thing about it is that when you do, um, now the, your signal for manifestation, your signal for creating things, for getting things done, is so clear that you attract and you magnetize things like crazy because the lens is clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I think, uh, uh, and tell me if I'm on point here, uh, Veronica, is that uh, there is a force that's always, uh, there that was always and is always in your corner to push you to your highest potential, mm-hmm. you just had all of these blockages coming out of the womb. Right. So it was already there. It was just a matter of uh, someone like yourself coming in and being able to clear it right. so that it just automatically aligns with you, and it's like, okay, hey, I'm on autopilot here. Right. Right. When you Once you clear it, I mean, it's, it's a process and a journey, but once you clear the bigger chunks of it, life just becomes so easy. It becomes mm-hmm. so, because you can hear your purpose, you can hear what you're here to do. You're not all confused. You're not chasing every, you know, guru out there. You're just, you're clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> clear. So it's, I think it's everything. I think any time we want to set off to do something big, I think we have to go in and do that internal work. Absolutely. You say thoughts are just the beginning of the cycle, and thoughts are considered over a period of time, especially when tied to, as we as, as known in, in, in neuro-linguistic programming, an emotional state. Yeah. So when there's an emotional state, you go in there and you break that emotional state, break that emotional charge. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, and there's, and there's so many ways to do it. I mean, I, I can even remember when I was... Um, when I was getting ready to release the Black Paper and, and the Black Mastery Program, mm-hmm. and I remember feeling stuck about getting it done. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. usually a procrastinator. I'm usually going to get it, you know, once I decide I get it done, and I can figure <laughs> out why. I'll figure out why. Like, what's going on with me? Well, and when I did some, some self-work with myself and NLP on myself, I realized that um, I had a belief that because of my what I witnessed my father go through, that when he came out with his real politics and his real stuff in the world, they put him in prison, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in a certain way, it's like, oh, my God, if I tell my truth, mm-hmm. right, they're going to come and get me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to come That's and get me. That's old Richard Pryor joke, too. I remember the Richard Pryor show back in the 70s. He was like, okay, the white people, they're coming to get me. I can't come out. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so... So, so you so you have to go so you have to go in and break those patterns, right? Um, and and oftentimes we don't know. You know, you can just tell some your results. You can just tell that you're not getting the result that you want to get. So, right. but you can't you can't always hear that internal conversation that you're having that's causing you to get these these, these results. So that's kind sure. of that's so that's where we come in, right? Is we can Absolutely. hear hear the dysfunction, hear the limiting language, hear where their beliefs shut down. Yeah. And what I want people to really get uh, from from this conversation today is uh, that you know none of this is your fault. Right. Uh, it's 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 your responsibility, however, mm-hmm. to, to discover and recover your true identity. Mm-hmm. But none of this stuff is is your fault, as predicated by various different religions, various different mindsets, and so on and so forth. It's not your fault. Uh, you were kind of born into this, and as a result, you're just operating on a program that is not who you are. Right. Right. Uh, talk to me about what I also love about this, and a lot of people do it, is, oh, well, you know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to visualize it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. what I'm going to do because <laughs> I read this book, and it taught me how to visualize and I'm going to just visualize what I want, and bam, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that the, the the problem with that, and and you know, the the secret is I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that the secret put the conversation on the map in a, in a sure. global way because I think that that's yes. been an important conversation that needs to have be had. Mm-hmm. There is a whole chapter missing from the secret um, mm-hmm. in terms of its, its original source material. But also what what people don't realize is that if you have a limiting belief that's in conflict with the desire that you have, mm-hmm. you won't manifest it. In other words, um, 
So, for example, if I, you know, want to find a good man, want to want to want to find the right relationship, but secretly I believe that there are no good men, <laughs> or that no one will ever love me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter how much I go out and try to manifest that 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 result. My subconscious belief will always take um, precedence. Mm-hmm. And so what happens until you go in and clear the beliefs is that it's sort of like operating like a very high-performance automobile with the brakes on. So you mm-hmm. take two steps forward and one step back and steps forward and step back. Once mm-hmm. you clear it, it literally has the opportunity, your subconscious mind has the opportunity to attract it. It's actually freed up to do it. But if there is an internal conflict there, it just won't happen. I remember when I um, when I first started the company Phenom and I knew that I wanted to work with with athletes, with professional athletes, mm-hmm. and because you know those are those are my those are the gladiators, right? Those are our gladiators. Mm-hmm. Like let's get them, let's get them straight, right? <laughs> and but I had a belief about my own um, my own capacity to. I was like, they don't under, they're not going to understand me. Like they're not going like, to. I talk funny. They're not going to understand me. <laughs> I, I, right. I, so I was stuck about it. And someone, I, I was conducting a workshop, and someone coached me about the belief in front of the room as a part of the workshop. And literally, I, I kid you not, three days later, I was at another conference, and somebody walked up to me from the NBA mm. and said, "I was just on your website. You know what?" I We've been, I've been wanting to bring coaching to the NBA for like four years. I think that you're the person to do it. Like How about literally, that? the minute I cleared it, but I had to clear it at the deeper level. Mm-hmm. And it just it mm-hmm. walked up. So that's what's available to people when they're willing to do this work. Is life just begins to arrive, and it's not enough to just will it. It's because it's, it's a subconscious, if you've got a subconscious conflict about it, a subconscious limiting belief, a subconscious conflict, um, um, if, if there's dissonance in your identity in, in terms mm-hmm. of who you think you are, you, mm-hmm. it will not, it's just, it'll be effortful and a struggle and, and painful. Mm-hmm. But when you're, mm-hmm. but when you get it lined up, when, when, when you, when your belief is lined up with your, um, with your identity, uh, and that's all congruent and aligned, then life, it's just so much easier to manifest and attract and to create things. So much Absolutely. easier. Absolutely. So I want people uh, listening, uh, because I know there are a bunch of people like, well, where can I find this woman? Uh, <laughs> what's the word? <laughs> where is she? It's, it's, it might be easy to find it, and I was trying to find her, but, but what's your... <laughs> Well, you can um, get in contact with you. Yeah, you can you can read more about me at my um website, uh, veronicaconway.com. That's V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A, Conway.com. If you want to pick up your copy of The Black Paper, um, you can go to theblackpaper.com and download your copy there. Um, if you um, want to get in touch with me um, and do a comp- like a complimentary strategy session with me to really get clear about what may be blocking you, then you can go to veronicaconway.com forward slash schedule, veronicaconway.com forward slash schedule, and fill out a form there and um, make an appointment with me. Fantastic. And and my strategy sessions are pretty killer. I mean, we... We break it on down. We get it's, it's, it's all clear at the end. Like, oh my God, I know what I got to do. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so uh, what I, the other goal uh, with this conversation is to uh, cause people to feel deserving mm. uh, of making the call or going to that website and taking action. Mm. Because there, mm-hmm. there again is. Uh, I don't want this conversation, this interview, ladies and gentlemen, to be uh, an interview of uh, entertainment. Uh, of oh, that was a great talk. That was a great conversation. Right. This is an interview uh, of action. This is an interview of taking action on your life. <clears throat> but you must first feel deserving of taking that step, going to the website, printing out the black paper, uh, making the phone call, making the schedule, and taking action, Mm -hmm. not do what you have continued to do in so many times, and that is just, you know, uh, go into your self-help addiction Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and just, oh, you've got to hear this, oh, this is great, and that's the end of it. No, I want you to take action because this gal is the real uh, deal. 
Now, that being said, <clears throat> something else that you talk about is the power of language. Yes. Uh, that we uh, unconsciously, subconsciously speak language that reinforces this yes. internal oppression. Yes, yes, yes. We give it to our children. We 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 do it at the water cooler. We we do it at the grocery store. We it, you know we do it on the telephone when we're talking to our friends. Talk to me about the power of language. How crucial an element it is and how it feeds into what you uh, uh, have trademarked as the cycle uh, of conditioning. Well, language, so if you think about the cycle, of the, the way that you get any result that you get in life, um, it usually begins with a belief, and the most, in, the most powerful in, um, dict, um, indicators of any kind of result is an identity belief. So, you know, people are life, and because, you know, I'm smart, um, life is beautiful, life is painful, whatever your but identity beliefs are like the most important um, predictors of behavior. Um, and so a belief leads to um, an attitude. So attitude is kind of like, you know, self-talk. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, what you say in to yourself or your level of expectation. So, you know, what are you really saying about somebody when you say they have a bad attitude but saying that she doesn't expect much from themselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the self-talk. But really, the attitude is what leads to language. And so... Um, you know, they say, you know, life and death and the power of the tongue, right? It, 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 language is so crucial because it it it, it communicates everything. It's, it's how you communicate to yourself, but it's also what you communicate and what you speak into existence. One of the most profound things that I ever learned um, um, when, in parenting, you know, I've raised two kids and um, mm -hmm. I've put them into the... I've, blessed to have raised a um, million dollars in private school education for them. Um, mm. They've got to do the best schools. They're, su they're super talented, sane, healthy people. One of the things, though, that I realized early on is the power of language in raising them. And you can actually hypnotize your children negatively just by the way that you speak to them. So you can embed commands that you don't actually mean to. Mm. Right, <laughs> you mm. know, and so, um, so learning how to communicate and almost be hypnotic in the sense where you embed commands that you want them to experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's part of why my kids are so super high performing, is that they have literally been the the, the language and the way I talk to them and the and the sense of possibility because language opens up either possibility or it shuts everything down, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so. Um, so it's it's so it's incredibly important, and what we say to ourselves about ourselves and to ourselves is incredibly important, and we have to know um, how to understand and hear our, our internal conversation, but also how to change it into one that's more empowering. When I mm -hmm. say to you that I've literally spoken organizations into existence, spoken a movement into existence, it literally is that. Mm -hmm. We're getting the belief shifted. Getting it, getting getting my beliefs really aligned and congruent, getting the sense of possibility really lined up in my spirit, and literally going out and speaking things into the world, and that's how that's how you get things done. So if you're not getting the results that you want, what is true is that the beliefs and the and the identity is misaligned, and you're not speaking with power and congruence what you want into existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about the power of language, I love the fact that. Uh, you refer to Emoto. Uh, uh, Emoto uh, Emoto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who, who wrote the book, The Hidden Messages of Water. Yes. Uh, which was, uh, of course, uh, uh, featured in uh, the blockbuster, uh, uh, the blockbuster underground movie, What the Bleep Do What's We Know? What the Bleep, yep. Uh, and and uh, the test that he did, uh, talk about that and talk about the, the fact that we are made of water the planet is 70% water, and we are 70% water, and so um, how you impact water is, um, is kind of an amazing thing. Um, so because we're 70% water, um, what, 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 what Emoto did that was so profound is he wanted to, under, since, we, since we're made up so much of water on the planet, is he wanted to understand what words and intention and language, what the impact of it on water would be. And so what they did was he, he um, took, you know, these different bodies of water and mm -hmm. he either spoke to them or labeled them um, with words. And 
froze it and took a picture of the underlying crystalline structure of the water. And what mm-hmm. they found was is that words spoken um, that, had, you know, that had negative energy in it, like I hate you or Adolf Hitler, it changed the underlying structure of the water, really the tachyons in the water. It changed the underlying structure of the water so that the water appeared muddy and violent and dark. And then when you would take the same water and speak, you know, illuminating um, high-frequency, high-vibration words to it, like I love you or Mother Teresa, the water would transform into beautiful snowflake, snowflake patterns and just a beautiful – so what they found is that water is subject to intention and language and words. So if we're 70% water, the words that we use on ourselves, to ourselves, and the words that we speak out loud really – shift and realign the underlying water, the, 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 the structure of the water that's in our body. So it's so, and, you know, and, and one of the things Imoto was talking about, too, is, 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 you know, with all the hurricanes and the, you know, um, tsunamis, that the world was actually responding to um, sort of the dysfunction that was happening with humankind. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and that, because the water is responding. The water responds to intention and thought. And then what we're seeing globally is, is sort of a function of the level of dysfunction that's happening on the planet right now. Um, but it's, <laughs> this so, is so powerful. it's so, it's so important powerful. that we, you know, understand that. And there's a whole other show that I have to do with you, actually, because um, there's another technology um, that I'm the managing partner of called Bioetherics, where you can send a signal to a human being because of this whole thing about water, to a, to mm-hmm. a, to a human being anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. to an address. You can We can charge water at a distance and create homeopathic remedies out of mm-hmm. water at a distance. Um, and it basically we can cure disease at a distance, and it basically turns you into your superhuman self. Mm-hmm. I'm the managing partner of that technology. And I've seen some, some miraculous stuff happen with it, but it's all all about what is, is principled in what we're talking about in terms of water and intention and how water is susceptible and responsive to etheric energy, right? So there's. I would there's, love to talk to you about that. I remember having huge. a conversation it's, with Dr. It's, William Tiller. It's huge. Um, yeah, who uh, Dr. William Tiller, who who, who actually proved uh, that uh, you know even even more so than just uh, uh, the esoteric remote viewing. That you you are able he, he did the test where he, you know he put this box on the other side of the world mm-hmm. and affected it and made it affect it and change so because there is Deepak talks about non locality all the time right. I think it's I think it's time to take the secret and unveil it really <laughs> so right. what we really are capable of doing here people is absolutely incredible uh, now when we're I want, talking I want, about I want to I want to I want I want to raise up. A, a population of like superhumans. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I want. Absolutely. And right. Lord knows we need it because this new generation of echo boomers uh, is frightening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're brilliant, but it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's why I, I, I'm going to do anything and everything in my power to to uh, uh, help you get the word out. Uh, and 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 talking about language. Uh, you did research on just the definition of the word black. Mm-hmm. And I can't read them all because it's, it's fairly long, but it also is fairly dismal yeah. uh, in terms of, of the uh, the body of people who, who made the dictionary and who coded these words with these various different emotions and behaviors and ideas yeah. that – Again, I think we can go back to the beginning of your interview, and that now we can use the word subtle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this is where it's subtle. This is where it's subtle, ladies and gentlemen, is that you don't think about uh, uh, you don't think about it because it's a part of your vocabulary. It's a part of your linguistics. It's a part of your dictionary. Mm-hmm or what, what's known as your psychological lexicon. Mm-hmm. So now it's subtle. Right. That's right. That's absolutely talk to right. Me about, talk to me about what you discovered about uh, when, you, when you went to dictionary.com. Yeah, it made it, and I was just doing it as, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of shocking. You know, I'm, I'm writing this thing called The Black Paper. I want to help unlock, you know, black performance and, and mastery. Sure. And um, so I'm like, well, what does the word black mean? And just at dictionary.com, I mean, 
all of the connotations that are associated with the color black are so dismal and negative. You know, a black, like a black mark on someone's record, or mm-hmm. a black plague, or so, so, um, and so it's such, you know, negative, heavy connotations that, be, and because we identify in our identity as black people, mm-hmm. we, we have to know that just by defining ourselves that way, Right, that there is a lens through which we view the world, but and that word has an energetic frequency to it. Sure. Right, it has it has a it has it has a lot of like subconscious connotations to it, and so just by just by living through the lens of that identity, it's 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 by definition disempowering because the mm-hmm. definition of the word is so disempowering. Mhm, mhm. And so that's so that's a whole paradigm. That's like a whole world view that we don't. Absolutely. It's a whole layer or a lens that we don't actually even, we aren't even aware of, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. one of the things that I do in the Black Mastery Program is I, I, I have people say, you know, just write, you know, bring to mind black people are what? You know, light-skinned people are what? Like start to unlock and uncover just through like, you know, stream of thought, you know, journaling. Uh, what it? What are your deepest connotations around what it means to be a black person? Mm-hmm. Because because if you can deconstruct the most negative aspects of it from an identity standpoint, then I promise you, you can be freed up to be the powerful child of God that you are. We've got to show off. We've got to throw off these lenses, you know, that we kind of adapt and operate from without even questioning them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can deconstruct that stuff. So that you well, can live inside of the most empowered meaning yes. for yourself. Yes, yes. Well, let's, let's go. You know, we're already going there, ladies and gentlemen, so we're already deep into it. So let's go even deeper uh, and have a conversation here with Veronica that <clears throat> I, I don't think uh, most people uh, would have because they're afraid to. Uh, but uh, as you know, uh, I, I have. The, the kahunas the size of, of, of Mars. Uh, you so, really do. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, l- l- I remember uh, listening to uh, Oprah, and she said, I'm just not going to use the N-word. And mm-hmm. she had Russell Simmons on, who, of course, I've had on the show, yes. who obviously uh, uses the N-word uh, and, and uh, created an entire uh, empire as a result of it, rap music uses the word, uh, and, and, you know, forgive me for using the actual word, but actually don't forgive me for using the actual word, the word nigga, mm-hmm. uh, in rap music. Uh, and it has become, uh, in, in the black community, uh, the kids say, oh, it's a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, do, do you agree there is a, 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 without understanding the underlying word, of the word nigga, that it is a detriment to use it as a term of endearment, as is a detriment to not use the word and just deny its existence. Right. Um, one of the things I refer to in the black paper, see, see word, because words have power, I mean, words are really how we identify everything, and words have mm-hmm. frequencies with it. And so it is so important to understand what 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 language what you know the original meaning of words because unless mm-hmm. we do we don't we're, we use things completely out of context all the time sure. so um there is um so they 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 say that the word that that word that the word nigger used to be the most revered and sacred word in the universe right and it came from the word ngr which means god in ancient egyptia so um, there were no vowels in this word because they didn't have vowels in that in that af- in that alphabet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was something. It was a word that was connected to the gods. So, I, so I think it's too soon to make any kind of assumption about it having a negative impact until you actually understand the original meaning. Mm. You know, the Chinese used to revere the black revere black people, the uh, Nigas. They called us not the Nigas. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and had a great reverence for us in, in terms of um, being spiritual creatures of the earth with great power. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, I, so I, I think what happens is in this because people kind of don't go back and really look at some of the deeper issues and 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 the, the origins of words and what they really originally meant. We don't actually understand their power and their impact and how to use them effectively. 
So let's just absolutely love it. So, 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 you know, who knows? I mean, you know, brothers that are using it in the street may be really talking about my God. (laughs) Uh That's what it originally Uh meant. You know, Absolutely. and so and so much of what we do today that's sort of been an adaptation of, of, of you know, our original culture, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think we don't always know why we do certain things. One of the things that I do want to do, because um, I want to turn the black paper into a bookstore book, um, and I want to work with Masuru Emoto and have him take a picture of the word mm-hmm. and do the photography with the word and see what happens. Take a lot of the words that we use in our vernacular and take the pictures of those and do the experiment where you can see what the impact of those words are. That's one thing that's on my list of things to do. That's amazing. As we wind down, I want to talk about, I want to end in talking about the uh, actual word of mastery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, again, this conversation is to uh, bring people into uh, an understanding that mastery is your birthright mm-hmm. uh, and that this is not just uh, a, a, another uh, positive, uh, you know, positive mental attitude conversation. Or right. Pick me up. This right. Is not, uh, this is not designed to be motivating. It's designed to be liberating. And there's mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. And when you're liberated, you're automatically motivated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When, when you're when you're motivated, you have to go back, uh, as they say, every seven days, every Sunday, and try to get more motivation <laughs> to get through to the next Sunday. But I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. You know, you can't take that. You can't take that. You know. Uh, so so you know, people might be afraid of this term. Uh, and when I say people, I mean African Americans, my black people, afraid mm. of the term mastery, mm. especially when you put the term black and mastery in the same sentence, uh, in the title. <laughs> right. I've had people, I've had people say to me, for? I've had people say to me, like, like I've had black leaders even say to me, I've said like, you know, what does black mastery mean to you? And they look, and they look totally confused. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there's no connection. Sure. That's been established in their minds about it. You know, and so so it's a deep piece. But you know, the thing is, is that black folks are very often afraid of the word master because mm-hmm. of the historical relationship that we've had with the dominant culture, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of deeply embedded in us and and sort of wounded in us. Um, but you know, a master. If you think about the movie Ray, um, Ray Char about about Ray Charles, he said a line in that movie that made him a lot of money. He said, "Bring me the masters." Mm-hmm. And so. So you got to think about what was he asking for. He was asking for the original copy of his creation, the mm-hmm. original copy. And so the term mastery can, can apply to, or master, can apply to people and it can apply to things. But I think of mastery, a master as an original copy of the creator, an original copy of the creator, an original copy of the creation. and um, An original copy of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... I love it. So now, you know, um, some folks might think that that was a kind of an impudent thing to say um, because of the, the kind of the hierarchical relationship that we tend to have with God and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we understand ourselves that way as the original copies, then we also understand our capacity for power and for manifestation and for creation that the creator has. There is no, there is no disconnect. There is no distinction the only one that exists is the one that exists in sort of the the, the doors of our mind. Sure, absolutely. The, the you know the ones so, that we have created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are so we are creative, and we and we can attain to mastery, and 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 the, the um you know sort of the the more aligned you are with that, and the more clarity and you know the, the that you have about that, the more you can manifest at will, create at will. I mean, I just seen people kind of work the, the miraculous. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. But 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 it's 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 Im- it's embracing the identity of it. Mm-hmm. It's embracing. It's not something that you can go and do. It's something that you actually have to allow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So much of my work is more about undoing, and it's not about helping people become something. It's about helping them unbecome that which they're not. Right. <laughs> Getting so, back to their yeah. original copy and discovering that original copy. Yes. Yes, I love it. which means shedding all the things that's not that. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. shedding all of those things. And when you shed them enough, then you just up pops you. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> once again, absolutely. Once again, uh, how do people get in contact with you, Veronica? Yes, you can uh, go to my website at veronicaconway.com. You can pick up the black paper at theblackpaper.com. And if you want to schedule some time with me, if you're serious and want to get to the bottom of it, um, you can go to veronicaconway.com forward slash schedule. Well, my dear, I am sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I have so enjoyed this conversation. I am not perch pirate. I am sweating. Okay, there's a difference when we're talking about language. This child has got it, okay? Uh, she has done the work. She is a master. Uh, and I am absolutely stoked that I, that I found you, uh, that our paths have crossed, that uh, I was born and you were born at this time and place mm. where our paths could uh, meet. Mm. And that I have, uh, and this is not sounding narcissistic, but uh, that I have come to a level of mastery to recognize mm. masters, mm. to recognize masters, and, and, and to be able to disseminate, ask the correct questions to be able to disseminate the answer that goes to Yeah, because you're the brilliant. You're, you're a badass. You really well, are. You're a badass. I appreciate and that. So I'm, I, I, I feel you. you yeah. <laughs> I, I, I receive that. I receive <laughs> that. So, so, so I, I just want to uh, say, one, that you just can come back to the show any damn time you want. You, you know. <laughs> If I'm doing a show with Deepak and you call in, Deepak, i got to put you on hold, bro, because my girl is on the phone. That's who Veronica is, okay? So so you you are my Iyala Van Vanta Oprah, okay? This this is – I'm telling you, you are you are it. And, and, and I really want people listening to this to this particular interview. And, and, and you know, I'm going to, of course, have other great, brilliant minds and brilliant interviews on. But this is one I want you to really take an action. Uh, and not just listen to or download it on your iPod and and, 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 and and receive it, but I want you to internalize it uh, and recognize that this, I I feel from all of my studies, from all of, the reason they call me SHOCK, SHOCK stands for Seeking Higher Omnipotent Conscious Knowledge. Mm-hmm. I am a seeker of mm-hmm. the highest form of knowledge and wisdom in mm-hmm. the universe. That's mm-hmm. what SHOCK stands for. That's why I came up with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so my goal, uh, it, it, I had this epiphany, was to, uh, there's an old uh, Star Trek, actually the first Star Trek movie was uh, called uh, was based upon this satellite called Voyager, which was Voyager. And Voyager basically was a seeker of knowledge and wisdom, and it just, it just pulled all of the information in the universe from all of the galaxies and all of the planets. And when they discovered it, they just saw this thing called Vidur, and they were like, what is this? Is this like a god or something? It's like, no, it's just a seeker of information at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Veronica Conway is one of those individuals who has reached a level of mastery. These people have been written about through time and history. Uh, they, they, as Deepak Chopra would say, they blink in and out of our existence and our lives because the vibration that they're manifesting or vibrating that is so high, it's so high, it's hard to keep them in our life because they're moving so much, and and we're trying to get to them. We know intrinsically that they exist, uh, mm-hmm. and that we know also intri- intrinsically there's some pull or push uh, that's moving us toward them. But once we see them, uh, we don't know what to do. <sighs> So I, wow. I honor you. I really honor you that you have, uh, in my opinion, un- you know, you need to be, you need to be on Oprah. You need to be on the network. You need your own show. Uh, but you know what I also realized too in traditional mainstream television, not taking any, anything away from the masters of, of media, is mm-hmm. the, they have to make money, and so they don't want to give out the answer because then ain't nobody gonna come back. <laughs> <laughs> you think you figured that one out? Yeah, I figured that one out. So, so that's why I'm on the internet, you know. So, so right, right. I can't get canceled, you know. I right, right, say, right, you know. right. Uh, for me, it's not the people who know about the show; it's all the billions of people who have yet to uh, realize. It. Right. And, and that's what my goal is: is to expose billions of people to these brilliant minds, and that. In, is my contribution of being able to to create this light on the planet 
So I'm, I, that's just a long way of saying thank you. I honor you. I honor you. Thank you. I honor you. I really I honor what you're doing. Very, very powerful. You're playing a big game. Yeah, I, I totally get it. So thank you, really. Thank you, my dear. Uh, let me know when you uh, uh, have uh, the next phase that you're working on. Okay. Uh, and I would love to. I want to have you come back. We want to talk about that. Also, when they, when you turn this into a book, uh, you know, just send me an email. Even when you go into the bathroom, just let me know what you're doing. <laughs> just let me know what you're doing because I want to broadcast it out to people. Okay. <laughs> just I'll 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 text you. <laughs> okay. That'll All be right, great. ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, a, a, an extraordinary Philippe Matthew show uh, interview with Veronica Conway again. Veronica Conway dot com, uh, the Black Paper uh, dot com. Uh, and if you want to schedule time uh, with this brilliant mind, veronicaconway.com forward slash schedule. God bless you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Goodbye. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.